Hey everybody, it's John Goldman, Johnny's Secret Stash. You're listening to Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. And we're broadcasting today from the beautiful new Radio Harbor Country station uh, in Sawyer, Michigan. Uh, I'm extremely honored to have the pleasure to talk with Dan Navarro, formerly of the duo uh, Lowen and Navarro, and uh, Dan Navarro is playing this Friday night, August 27th, at the Acorn Theater. If you don't have your tickets, please get them now before they run out, and uh, looking forward to talking to uh, Dan Navarro in just a few minutes. Before we get there, I want to play his, one of his newest songs from his 2019 album. This is Shed My Skin off his album of the same name, Shed My Skin. Come on and take a ride the border to a place that once was mine out of focus out of order pictures from another time on the outside turning lighter so much darker in my of water on the fire makes no difference something dies so I take a piece of who I am stretch it thin every time I start to feel the walls closing in Shed my skin Come on and take a ride On the dragon Hiding out behind the lines Piling bodies on the wagon Everyone's a friend of mine But when I feel that bitter chill In the wind I swear that I can feel the room Start to spin Shed my skin. I shed my skin. Through the smoke, through the rubble, through the crossfire, friends in need on the inside of the bubble. See what we choose to see. Yeah, 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 Back to where 
where I came from Somewhere far away from here But the light to find my way back home Is growing dim And the sirens from behind the walls Draw me I shed my skin I shed my skin I shed my John Goldman. I have Dan Navarro on uh, on the line with me today. And uh, Dan, welcome to the show. That's good to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, really excited about your show this Friday at the Acorn Theater. Um, and you've played at the Acorn Theater before, haven't you? I've played there a couple times before, and it's a wonderful place, run by wonderful people. I really enjoyed it. Most of my friends have been playing the place, so I've been hearing about it for a few years, and I think the first time I played there was maybe three years ago, and or about two years ago, and I played it again, but well, right before shutdown. I think it was my uh, next to the last gig before shutdown. Oh man, <laughs> well, yeah, that was uh, that was a rough year and a half or so. Um, but yeah. you did some interesting things during COVID, didn't you? you um, um, I had me some fun. Yeah, two hundred and fifty live streams from home, um, songs from the Corona Zone from my living room, and doing fan set lists and and lots of covers and my own stuff and putting them in weird orders and doing all the records in order and did a whole day of spanish did a whole day of piano i mean it was just literally just kind of made it you know as interesting as i possibly could for 252 hour shows over a a year-long period so i i kept it fun i kept it real and and enjoyed the process um and then when it was time to go out i bought a van so yeah. I'm driving in in my van, Vanessa LeVan, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm doing everything on the ground for the first time since uh, the very early 1990s. That's so amazing, yeah. So before that, you would tour uh, using... Well, uh, I, no, I would fly and drive. I would uh-huh. fly to a hub city, rent a car, drive around, take the car back, fly home. And, but what it meant is that I was going out often for short bursts, and when I'd go home, I'd go home for a week. Uh-huh. Well, when I went, I went out at the end of April, and I was gone for 66 straight days. It actually was the longest tour of my career, 30 years in. And I put 13,000 miles on the van through 27 states, went back to L.A., started working on a record, uh, split a week ago today, and came out for what's going to be a five-week run. And so I'm going out for longer stretches and going home for longer stretches. Well, that sounds good. I mean, it gives you better home time and things like that. It's working out. It's working out. I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying the process and of course i'm sort of experiencing a changing world changing week by week all over the country in the first person so yeah you know i mean i know that uh, things have been changing everywhere but we're going to make sure everybody's safe and we're going to make sure everybody has a good time yeah yeah well you know and and now these new mask mandates and vaccination mandates are coming into play uh just creates a whole different environment every time you go to a different place probably and it's state by state, well, city by city, I would imagine. Yes, I am back in the studio. Um, and uh, I'm about um, only a, a sent to making a new record, but I'd say we're about half done. I'm um, working with my old producer from the old days, um, who's a multiple Grammy winner and one of the best engineers in the business. Um, and we used to make our records really fast. Uh, the last record I put out, I'm really proud of, but I took a long time to make it because... I wanted certain things right. I wasn't sure of certain things. And I would work for a while and stop, work and stop, work and stop. And with Jim Scott, we're just, we go in at 10 in the morning and we work until 10 at night. Wow. 
have do you worked as much with, as we can. Have you worked with Jim Scott before? He did our first four albums, and he did the final own of our album. Uh, in between all of that, he engineered Tom Petty's Wildflowers and has won seven Grammys for, for records he's mixed, produced, or engineered, and um, is the real thing. Yeah. So, you know, and a great friend, and I called him in the middle of April saying, you know what? Um, I think I want to do it the way we used to do it. Are you available? And I said, I'm going to be home for two months. And he said, I sure am. So we went in there working with good people. Uh, uh, drummer on, on half of the tracks is out with Lindsey Buckingham right now. Bass players been playing with David Crosby and Jackson Brown. Uh, a woman named My Lease. Um, I also got Richard Thompson's rhythm section playing on half, on four or five songs. Uh, Taras Perdonik on bass and Michael Jerome on on drums. And working with my old brother Phil Parapiano as always, but and Steve Postel who produced the last album. He's playing on everything and. We'll get some, you know, we got some overdubs to do and some sweetening up to do. Um, but I'm pretty proud of it already. It's going to be really cool, and it's coming out in the spring. Did you go into the studio with the songs all ready to go, or did you write as you were recording? No, I had I submitted um, 16 songs for the record, and we're cutting it down to 10. And uh, the other six means I'm going to get to put a, a follow-up out in much shorter order than I normally record. Right. Which I'm really excited about. Um, we picked the 10 best songs and, um, you know, we're not as married to the album format as we were, even though I do still sell albums. Um, so that kind of spoke to maybe not putting 14 songs on it, letting it be 10 and, and the songs fit. Oh, we actually, we actually recorded 12 and I listened to two of them going, this one belongs on the next album. It belongs on a different kind of record. Both uh -huh. of them, they, they're great, but they didn't quite fit. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to probably put together something akin to a jazz type album you know really well, when i say jazz what i really mean is backed by a jazz trio doing my songs and a couple of standards um and just kind of pulling it way back people have been asking for it for years and both of the songs i chose not to put on the current album are going to fit perfectly on, on what i'm going to call the jazz record so and, and you're calling the album songs from the corona zone or is that the word no nah, that, that was the name <laughs> of the uh, of the streams um, oh, oh and, right, right. And actually, there's been some traction for calling the whole thing Nomad Dan, because that's what I call my band. Uh -huh. My tour is Nomad Dan. But right now, I mean, I've been meaning to call it Horizon Line after one of the songs on the record, but there's a song called Rose in the Window that's kind of emerging as a real sleeper. So we still haven't really settled on the title. Yeah. And these were all songs that you wrote um, during... Yep you know, the coronavirus. Well, uh, and, and interesting with one exception, they're all songs I've written relatively recently, but there is one song on the record that I wrote when I was 21 years old. Wow. And I put it out that... for a show a little over a year ago uh -huh. and people are going, we love that. And I went, wow, I kind of deep six that song, you know, by the time I hit 30 and it's back and it's cut and people are loving it. And it's really kind of nice to find a home for this, you know, song from my youth <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's really amazing and that wasn't one that you played with eric when you guys were together no i wrote that long before i ever met eric actually uh -huh. it's uh i mean i was uh yeah i was just out of college and, and i'd and only been writing for a couple of years um but it's it holds up people just kind of we love that and we're going well maybe i'll record it yeah yeah you gotta record it so i did and, and it fits uh it was um uh, the songs you did with uh, Eric Lowen, did, were those songs that you guys created together? Did you each individually bring a song to the group and then the two of you would play it? How did that work? Well, we did it every which way. We had songs we would work on completely together. We had songs that one guy would bring in and the other guy would help him finish. Um, and each of us wrote with other people sometimes. So he had half a dozen songs we recorded that were written with Preston Sturgis. I wrote a couple songs with a guy named Stephen Laroni, and um, and actually we had a third partner before we made records named Rick Boston, and there are a couple songs that I'd written with Rick that were later songs. So we had different configurations, but interestingly, the stuff that always resonated the best was stuff that um, that we wrote with just the two of us. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, and uh, oh, what a tragic um, situation with him. You know, ALS. I miss that boy just, every day. Oh, I miss that boy every yeah. day. But you know. But we didn't break up. We right. didn't divorce. I mean, he right. took it as far as he could. And so 
I grieve the loss, but I honor the friendship. And um, I mean, I play our songs, but I also play my stuff. Yeah. And it's not like either side has to, you know, we, we don't have to be careful. It's not like talking about somebody's ex-wife or something like that. Right, right. You know, I love the music I made with him, and I like the music I'm making now. And it just depends on how I feel in a given day what I end up doing. Yeah, and and uh, you do all kinds of stuff. Uh, voiceovers, you've done... Uh, uh, I do. You know, it's jingles. Been, it's been, say, I don't yeah, know if that's a well, bad way to most, call it, but <laughs> I literally just flew home. Yes, it was that yesterday. I flew home <laughs> yesterday to LA from Chicago, and flew back about four hours ago because I went home to sing on some stuff on a Disney movie. Uh, part of a twelve voice group singing on a new Disney picture coming out of Thanksgiving. That's great. So I just keep it busy and. You know, I was telling the guy who said, oh, are you available? And I said, well, I'm going to be in the Chicago area. And I what do you mean? Of course I'm available. <laughs> so 6 a.m. flight landed 8.15 in the studio by 10.30. And then I caught a 6 a.m. flight this morning, landed at noon. And here we are, whatever it is, 3 o'clock or whatever. And, yeah, unbelievable. And, uh, you know, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. So what, what did you get involved in first? Uh, with music or was it voiceover first? You know, no, it, it all sort of happened at once. I mean, I always played music. The, um, the earliest stuff that I wrote was when I was just out of college. Um, I didn't get to make a record. Um, I hooked up with Eric and we started getting successful with songwriters. Um, and then we decided to try to make records. And right around the time we put the duo together to go start playing the clubs and hoping to make records, I got my first gig singing in, in uh, jingles. And so those two careers kind of cropped up parallel at the same time. And, um, you know, I figured, well, just keep feeding them both because you never know which one's going to die, and neither one did. Yeah. <laughs> so literally I would go on the road. I've flown home for sessions maybe half a dozen times over the last five years. Um, and rarely does it happen that I, well, I can't do that session on the way. But if I've got a show booked, like if, if somebody said, we need you for a Disney picture on Friday, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, I'm booked. I can't do that. It's hard but to break out. Some if of it's on contracts. an off day and they yeah. called and said, well, we need you on Monday. I go, well, God, I got a show on Sunday. I got one on Wednesday in Grand Rapids. Yeah, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, uh, you found time to do these 250 shows over the last uh, year and a half or so. Uh, how do I you, found a way to keep busy. Yeah. I don't really like idle time. It doesn't clearly. Really <laughs> I can tell that. You know, <laughs> I like being busy. I like being engaged, and I like putting it out there. Um, you know, I enjoy the connection with people, and it's fun to meet them, and it's fun to to play for them and hear what they respond to, and and it's been a lot of the same people over the years. Although I've got to say, since I've been playing at the Acorn, lots of new people, and that's been really fun. Yeah. Um, how did you get the idea to do the um, uh, how long has it been since which? Corona, songs from the Corona Zone? You know, how did you get the idea? I, to... I, well, I retired. I started Songs from the Corona Zone in March 2020, and I wrapped it up in late April. I switched formats and started calling it Nomad Dan, and I got a dozen shows in. But it was hard to do when I have a sound check at my normal streaming time or a show or a long drive where I couldn't afford to pull over someplace and stream for three hours because I had to get from one place to another. Right. So I haven't actually done a live stream except for during shows. Some of the shows are live streamed. I don't know if, um, if the acorn is going to live stream out that show, but, um, the one I did a couple nights ago, uh, was live streamed out. Um, but that's, but I haven't really done my songs from the Corona zone or even nomad Dan in about two months. So uh, looking forward to getting that started again, because yeah. the people that come every day are kind of going, where are you? Right, <laughs> right. show up every day. Yeah. Gonna... So uh, have you been able to develop closer relationships with your fans uh, through that method? Yeah, I mean, because, well, they, they, yeah. they all started this page on Facebook called Dan Fam Trademark. They put a little trademark symbol <laughs> up there. And there's nearly 700 of them. And they communicate with each other. And I pop in and go, hey, how about this? And they're all cracking jokes and making fun of me and, <laughs> and you know, doing, you know, making squirrel jokes or sending me pictures of guitars for sale, and things like this. They know I've, I'm actually in a 12 step program for, I, yeah, I, I heard about that. So, yeah, uh, I'm, how many guitars exactly. do you actually have? 25. Oh man. 
Do you, now, do you have this, you know, um, uh, do you well, I, get rid of them as you get a new one? Have you put a limit no, on yourself? I, I've, <laughs> I, have not, I have not sold a guitar in 10 years. Um, I bought four in 2019. I've already gotten two new, I got two newish ones in, uh, in 2020. And I bought one on the last tour. I, I was in end of May. I'm in Easton, Maryland, and I decided to take a ride through Craigslist. And I go, oh, my God, this thing is in Easton, Maryland. It's on the way to the gig. And I called the person up and, um, and ended up buying it and played it on stage that night. Oh, wow. That's great. What, was it an acoustic guitar? It's a, I, only, I only have one electric. Uh -huh. and, um, but I'm going to say I have 24 acoustic guitars of all different types. And this was a Guild from 1984, original owner, perfect shape. Beautiful look, beautiful sound, and I'm glad I got it. Do you and have any it. that were played by, you know, any famous musicians? No. Uh, I used to have a guitar my cousin Dave owned. Um, right, I Dave Navarro. Mm -hmm. Dave Navarro is my, is my cousin. Yeah, He's my yeah. first cousin. I hawked a guitar for him because he needed money for something nefarious. And then he said, can I borrow it for a session? And then he hawked it with someone else. Ah. That was back when he was using. He's not anymore. He's clean and sober and good guy and he eventually made good on everything but sure. I, so i used to have that guitar but otherwise these are just guitars have been played by me and my friends that's about it and how do you get excited about a guitar what excites you about uh, a guitar that you what what got me started yeah what got you started you know what if you see a guitar what is it about a guitar that gets you excited well um you know i i started writing songs when i was just out of high school but I didn't know how to play a guitar, and I was just writing lyrics and singing melodies, and I thought, I'm tired of this, so I bought a guitar to learn how to play. A little cheapy from Mexico. I mean, literally cost me $9.95. And um, I played that until it basically it, it, it stopped being playable. I gave it to an old girlfriend who basically, I, know, I mean, she said, you'd give me your old guitar if you ever got a new one. I had the new one for about five years, less than five years, and something broke in it. Uh, my dad got me a guitar for Christmas uh, when I was uh, like 21. And I responded by writing 26 songs in four weeks and off to the races. That guitar got stolen from me in 92. But I love Martins, Gibsons, and Guilds. Um, and I also play Taylors. I have other brands, but essentially Martins are my favorites. Um, Guilds are were my road guitars until I started playing Taylors on the road. Um, Gibsons, I don't have as many as I'd like. I've got, I've got one. I've got two Gibsons, um, and there's a couple I've got my eye on. And uh, there's a brand of guitar out of Texas called Collins, and I found one at an incredible price. And that, you know, but three of my Martins, uh, one of my Taylors, and the Collins are on the record. Um, Gibson's got a little problem with the tuning gears right now, so I'm not using that. Yeah, the How Martins. Many? You know, if I could, if I could have it, I mean, I'm, if I got six Martins, if I could have. 20 i would <laughs> how many usually bring with you on the road in your how many what sorry how many how many guitars you usually bring with you when you go on the road do i do i want or do i carry on the road i'm not hearing you oh i'm sorry yeah how many do you usually bring with you when you're on the road when you go on the road uh i well i used to only bring one because i was flying now that i'm driving i bring two last tour i brought three and i didn't even open the third so i decided to save space in the van yeah but i bring a, a six string tailor and a 12 string tailor and I switch off between them. This tour, I mean, since I got the van, I also bring a piano. And so oh, I'm wow. doing some piano songs, and that's really fun. That, in fact, it's injected a whole new element into the show that I really love. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, I'm liking driving. Yeah, I'm just yeah. liking being on the ground. I, I hear you. You know, you can see everything from driving. It, it's exactly. tiring. It's difficult to do. But, you know, you really yeah. get a sense. Do you, When you drive, do you... Uh, just take interstates to get there or do you make a, a, a thing out of it? Well, what I wind up doing is, I mean, I can knock off a good eight hours a day. After that, it starts getting unsafe. So if I feel good, I can push to 10, 12 hours, but usually I, I drive for eight hours. Um, I will stop to see stuff or take pictures. Um, but sometimes I mean, when I was heading out, I had to be in uh, East Lansing, Michigan by, um, uh, by Saturday afternoon for my show. And I left uh, L.A. late on Tuesday. And I realized that I needed to, I got four hours into Las Vegas and spent the night in a Walmart parking lot in the van. And then after that, I managed to push from Vegas to Steamboat Springs. 
uh, Colorado, which wasn't my intent, but I-70 was closed because of landslides, mudslides. Oh, wow. So I, they said, yeah, the only thing you can do is wait out the clearing of the, of the road or go two and a half hours out of your way. So I went two and a half hours out of my way and went to uh, East, went, went up to Steamboat Springs. And because of that, I didn't double back through Denver. So I went on to Laramie and Cheyenne. Found some amazing stuff in Wyoming that I'd never seen before. Beautiful, beautiful stuff up in the Rockies as well. Yeah. And that's half the fun is you're just sitting there going, yeah, this is grueling, but look at all this great stuff you get to see. Oh, absolutely. And if you're driving during the day like that, you don't miss right. anything, especially driving through the mountains. It's, exactly. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Uh, so um, I also am aware that uh, you just recently issued an album with uh, James Lee Stanley, All Wood and Lead. That's all it. Wood and Lead. Yeah. When did you um, do that with him? We started doing that about three years ago. COVID kind of messed it up. We got pretty far down the road, and then we had to stop for a while. Then we picked it up again. But it came out last month, and um, it's the reviews are really good. It's you know it's twelve Led Zeppelin songs completely reinvented uh, as acoustic songs, and they're not all ballads. But we just rather than just sort of do faithful versions of them, we literally reworked them all, and it's a pretty fun record. Um, you know the songs, up, but it's that's what all wood and lead means. It's LED, not sure. LED. And, right, right. But yeah, uh, twelve versions of of well-known Led Zeppelin songs done, you know, as if they'd lived in Laurel Canyon in the '60s instead of England. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Do uh, are any of the songs that you do on um, the album that you just uh, got fully in the can? Do you uh, speak Spanish in any of those? Because I, I know that a lot of your work has been bilingual over the years well i mean i do do um i do low and navarro songs and i do my newer songs i'm not doing any of the all wooden lead songs right about now and um i'm i'm uh, not doing many of the songs that i wrote for other people um i pretty much right. stick to the records um there are capable there but i am sp basically ending each show with about five or six songs that are going to be on the next album and who do you tour with Oh, I well, I'll be up in three oaks with my buddy Paul Wilberger, who lives in Northwest Indiana. But most of the time, it's just me by myself. Larry Beers will be coming in from Chicago on percussion to play with me at at um, at the Acorn. Um, I work with people locally because I like mixing it up and having different people every time. But I don't carry anyone with me anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a backyard show uh, in the western suburbs of Chicago. Uh, a couple days after Three Oaks, and I'll have Rafe Bradford on bass. Uh, but most of my shows are just me by myself, and I drive by myself. Terrific. Okay. And uh, so you're going, to, you're going to be in Three Oaks on Friday night, and did you mention that you're going to be in um, uh, Grand Rapids it, Say that for me one more time, because you're a little far from the from uh, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with my microphone, but you, uh, you're playing in Grand Rapids on Wednesday night, right? Yeah. Where are you playing in Grand Rapids? A uh, place called Pin Drive. It's actually it's a, a vet facility called Seven Steps Up, uh, run by Gary and Michelle Hanks. It's a pin drop series because it's designed for quiet music. And we're doing that completely, completely unplugged. No PA. Um, it's cool. pretty lightly attended, uh, as it turns out, because people are a little bit scared of what's going on with, with the Delta variant. Yeah. Um, but toward that end, I know that um, everybody's going to be safe uh, at the Acorn. But yeah, I'm playing up in Grand Rapids at, at Seven Steps Up on Wednesday, then in Three Oaks on Friday, then uh, Saturday out in the Western Burbs in in, uh, um, in in Naperville, Illinois. I'm doing a private party on Sunday and then heading to Colorado for five shows, then up to Minneapolis for six shows, then San Francisco for two shows. I'm going to go home for a week, then I go back out again. <laughs> Lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah, amazing. And and then uh, I see that you're doing a cruise in Germany on the Danube. So a cruise is that what you said? Yeah, the cruise that you're doing that, in Germany. That's that's coming in October of 2022. Oh, and it's okay. going to be a cruise on a riverboat going down the Danube in Europe between mm -hmm. Budapest and Nuremberg. It'll be my 20th cruise. I've done 20. Of the the other 19 cruises were all ocean cruises in the Caribbean and Alaska and Cuba and the Mexican Riviera on the West Coast. And this time, we decided for number twenty, go big or go home. So we're uh, we're doing Europe on the River Danube on a river ship. 
Um, and I'll be doing that with Gretchen Peters, who wrote Independence Day for Martina McBride, and with uh, Beth Nielsen Chapman. And these are two of the finest songwriters in the world right now. So we're going to, you know, they're dear friends, and we'll be trading songs. And, you know, it'll be a real experience for people. There's info on the website, and that's coming in October of 2022. So that's about, that's about um, 15 months away. And your website's dannavarro.com. Very, DanNavarro.com. That's where you can find me. Yeah. Um, I also, so you um, are also very active with SAG-AFTRA. I am. And how did that come well, about? You know, I'm, from the work in movies, um, I went to a couple of meetings and found that I liked that aspect of service and they kind of needed some help with some things. So I volunteered and kind of led from there. I've been on the board of SAG-AFTRA since SAG and AFTRA merged in 2012. I'm the National Recording Artist Vice President. I'm chairing negotiations with the major record companies right now. I literally just had that meeting from the time I landed until about, until about two hours ago. Oh, man. Um, it's volunteer work. Um, it's an elected position, not a staff position. But I get to sort of do what I can to make sure that money ends up in the right pockets and that you know, middle-class working performers out there are able to make a living. Yeah, all and the more important with the, you know, the, uh, with the streaming services, and it, I guess it all started with... Um, uh, well, the economic playing field has changed dramatically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most of the older artists out there are selling off their publishing catalogs because CDs stopped selling, albums stopped selling, people are streaming everything, and the royalty systems for the artists is just not as good. Yeah. So they're finding that they can't really make livings anymore, but they're sitting on these valuable catalogs. So instead of wait to see what they earn, they sold them off and they're making lots of money right now. And, you know, most of the people that are doing those kind of sales are in their 70s and 80s. That's right. Bob Dylan, that, I think Bob Dylan was one of the first ones. And then it just it just fell from there. You know, it and just, he got hundreds of millions of dollars. So I, I think it was like 500. I mean, yeah. spend, I mean, he could live off. He could bank it and live off the interest. Yeah. He could live off 1% interest just fine. <laughs> well, he's got family, too, you know, and uh, they were. Yep, exactly. Yeah. But it does mean that the royalty stream on those old songs is now gone. He will go to see another royalty. Yeah. He basically got paid all his royalties in advance. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good way um, to look at it. But, but I think he'll it's, be able to live for the rest of his life, and he'll be able to leave a nice little nest egg for his heirs. Yeah, I think um, it's been a while that, in order to really be successful, you had to get out there and play, and um, you know, play live, uh, put on concerts and stuff. Because well, of, be, I mean, the the economics have changed from what they used to be. Once upon a time, you create a piece of work that would earn while you did other things. And those revenue streams have diminished a lot. I mean, most of the guys making real livings um, are doing it on the road and doing it with live shows. Um, CDs sell a little bit at shows and not much beyond that. Individual streams can be pretty popular, but they don't pay that much. And yeah. the same thing applies to songwriters. But the, but the revenue stream that's a day's work for a day's pay, that's live. That's one of the reasons I enjoy the live process so much is I just, I mean, I'm on the road now that I'm back at it, it's going to probably be 150 days this year. And, you know, um, still think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about 150 days, you're talking about doing the uh, live concerts, the streaming concerts. You're going to do 150 no, those, days? Well, I did 250 of those from home. Right. I'm going anywhere. Now the, the driving around playing shows and venues would be a hundred between a hundred this year oh i got you okay. i mean i already did 41 in um april may and june i think i've got 22 on this run so that's putting me up into 60 and you know we're in august um i'm booked solid through you know most of september most of october and most of november and then i kind of knock it on the head so actually looking at the numbers i'll probably hit about 100 but it's, yeah, it's amazing. great. It's a great way to spend your time. Right. And, and and so you're also talking about streaming the show that you're doing live to um, the people that subscribe to your streaming service. Well, yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, it, they're individual ticketed events. The streams that I was doing from home were free, but they're also pretty freewheeling. And, you know, I, mean, I, right. I talk more than I play and and it's a little bit of a different thing. But when I'm in a proper venue, I stream those out and it's a very you know, very low price. And, um, but that also expands me out to the people who've been missing, who haven't been getting the free streams lately because I've been so busy. Yeah. Uh, so those draw from 
good God, Massachusetts and Baltimore and Florida and, and Washington and California from parts of and, and Argentina and Germany and England. So uh, that's a way of kind of extending the reach. For sure. Are, are you, uh, other than going to Germany for the cruise in 2022, do you do any, yeah, any touring? Are you going to do any touring uh, overseas in the next? I'm going to try to do one before and after the cruise. That's not booked yet because it's hard to book more than a year out. But uh, that's, that's my, you know, I'm hof- hopefully they'll let us in the main country. Yeah. That's, yeah, you know, right. I don't know yet. Let that happen. Yeah. But that's the intent. Things are definitely getting crazy. Uh, so the the newest album, uh, you know, was it inspired by the need to stay home and, and all the craziness that was going on with uh, the COVID um, things going on? Or did you did you kind of pull from all aspects of life and just had that time to be able yeah, to pull, put that, it that was the timing um the title track got inspired by just simply realizing that i'd been doing this for years and years and years and a lot of my friends were starting to retire um and i must and i'm not done and i started thinking i want to write a song about continuing to look ahead and not wanting to ever stop so the, the song is called Horizon Line, and the basic line is, I'll set my sights on the next horizon line. I can't slow down. My wheels are spinning. It doesn't matter if I'm wasting time. You know, I'm going to set my sights on the next horizon line. And that's what inspired that. And the rest of the songs, you know, they were written at different times over the last three or four years, but um, they came from different aspects of stuff. I mean, a couple songs are songs inspired. There's actually three songs on the record inspired by the same uh, failed relationship and uh, <laughs> which actually you got a lot of out, you got a lot out of that one <laughs> I got a lot of that um, but you know there's others there's one that just talks about how life is futile except it's really not it's the best thing we got going and you know a little bit of a ride twist on the notion that you know we're all here for a specified amount of time we just don't know what that is and let's make the best of it it's another one just simply a song of devotion to to a loved one and that one that one's a real favorite and uh, another song with kind of a dark story about a guy you know kind of lo- losing his way and and trying to figure out how to get out of trouble and that was a lyric written by preston sturgis who wrote a lot of stuff for lowen navarro that, that, with eric lowen oh, you know i've never written together and he sent me a lyric and i went i love this and came that song called rose in the window um and people listen to that one just kind of going where'd that come from that's pretty cool so you know i'm having a bit of fun man yeah and you've been writing songs since your late teens early 20s that that's amazing yeah late teens so you find yourself able to write more easily now you know how how is uh how does your writing style yes and no i write more easily but i'm a lot more selective about what i choose to write about because i want to be inspired by what i do so I find myself, when I, when I get it together, um, it comes out pretty easy. But sometimes I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm just not, nothing feels strong enough. I can make up guitar parts and vocal lines all day and all night. But finding something strong enough to build a song around is harder. Well, you've written uh, how many songs over the years? I mean, do you have even a guess at that? How many? Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. Uh, hundreds, literally hundreds. I mean, I've been writing for uh, 50 years. Do you have a process and, that you follow when you write songs? No, nah, it's different every time. Yeah. I just uh, sort of, I kind of swim in the soup. It's a little bit like, like, you know, getting a bowl of soup and kind of stir around until you find a big old hunk of chicken. And I, I kind of swim in, in, the, uh, in whatever I'm feeling and stick a guitar or a piano in front of me and noodle around until something sounds strong enough to build something on. And then I let it, and then I start building. Do you write the lyrics before you write the uh, melody for it? It or? varies. Usually, yeah. usually not, but sometimes things come lyric first. Horizon Line started lyric first. Bits of it started at different times. Like I would write a portion of a lyric and then start creating some music, and I'd wind up with a piece of music that didn't have lyrics. And so you kind of do it like in stair steps. Um, but nothing, it, it, no particular thing comes first. Sometimes it's a guitar part. Sometimes it's a chord progression. Sometimes it's a melody line. Sometimes it's a couplet of lyrics. And whatever 
has resonance. It's like, okay, oh, that's worth developing. That feels like something. And in the meantime, I just sort of run ideas in my head, um, run ideas in my head until something sticks. When you're writing, do you dedicate a period of time? Like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write some songs now. Or uh, not anymore. No. I did when I was younger. Uh-huh. Uh, when, when I was the first maybe 10, 15 years that I was working, I would do. I would sit down and, and do it like a job. Yeah. Uh, I play every day, but whether something gets enough traction for me to go, ooh, this, yeah, let's go down this road. Um, that's usually every couple of days to a couple of weeks when I'm sitting around. Uh, and sometimes it's not even me doing it. There's a song on the album, the next album called Circling the Drain that um, uh, Deborah Holland from the band Animal Logic and the Refugees heard me playing it on a stream. She said, what is that? I said, I'm just making stuff up. It's not anything. It's just a little guitar thing I did in between songs, just messing around. So she wrote a whole song to it. So that one, that particular one started music first. All right. I gotcha. Your collaboration with James Lee Stanley, uh, how did that get started? Were you friendly with him first? Uh, did he yeah, we've been friends for a very long time. Um, I've sung on four of his albums starting in 1988, uh, did another one in the early 90s. Then I did another one, I guess I sung on three of his records. Oh, wait, The Envoy, Love for Distraction. Uh, oh, and, and then, uh, then I did then about a 10-year gap pass, and I did another one just about six or seven years ago and uh, called uh, Backstage at the Resurrection. And we liked working together, but he had started this series of acoustic albums uh, of cover songs and the first one was called all wood and stones because there were stones tunes. Uh-huh. then he did one with another guy uh with he did those with john batdorf two of those then he did one with cliff everhart called all wood and doors and i went up to him about five years ago and i said dude we got to do all wood and lead <laughs> and he went okay let's do it and that's always that simple but we're pals we've known each other for a long time was led zeppelin a um you know, an influential band for you. What what were some of the influential bands for you when you were growing? Where's up? the what? Sorry. Well, what were some of the bands that you really got a kick out of? You know, that were influential to you when you were starting oh, out as a musician. The, the list is endless. I used to work for a record store, so I mean, you got oh yeah, like, five thousand CDs and albums at home. You know, I grew up on Beatles and Stones, like everybody. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Yeah. And uh, James Taylor and Carol King and Joni Mitchell and Laura Nero. Uh, and Elton John and all of them in their heyday in the 70s really, you know, really appealed to me. I'm a massive Jackson Brown fan and probably the most influential on me of anybody's Bob Dylan. But I've also, you know, listened to a lot of jazz. I've studied classical music. I've listened to a lot of Mexican music. Um, You know, I love old soul. Give me Ray Charles any day of the week. And so all of these things started filling this this, uh, big old tub of music that I would just hang out in and could kind of, kind of like at a good buffet, I'd pick a little of this and pick a little of that. But when it started to become time for me to make up my own songs, um, there, there became a certain sound that I was doing that felt like me. Right. Um, but yeah, I was influenced by all the bands. I mean, we made almost all of them, even some of the bad ones. I mean, you know, well, sure. I used to sit around the sound checks and play bad songs on purpose. <laughs> You know, like Hump, Combine Harvester by the Wurzels or You're the Reason Our Kids Are Ugly by, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's an old country song that I think George Jones covered with Loretta Lynn. Uh, and there was a different version, I want to say, God, E.B. White and Julia Dillon or something like that. That's not who it is, but that's similar what the names are. Yeah. Uh, big, giant Waylon Jennings fan. I think he's one of the, he was one of the finest singers out there and he put out a record in 1975 called Dreaming My Dreams. It still resonates for me to this yeah. day. Willie Nelson. Uh, Willie, I love Willie. Nelson. Willie. Yeah. Love Willie. yeah. Redheaded Stranger Got Under My Skin, Phases and Stages. Right. Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark, uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. Yeah. Um, new young songwriter named John Fulbright out of Oklahoma. Um, oh, good God, John Moreland out of East Texas. Um the list is long. Yeah, yeah. No, no jam bands, though, it sounds like. I mean, I haven't heard you yeah, talking it's, about... It's a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, like, The Grateful Dead, wow. Fish, and, but of course I love Dylan and Neil Young and, you know, Rolling Stones, Beatles, that 
pretty much everybody you named as well. Right. They all have their places, you know. They they fit, and uh, there's certain things that are exciting about certain bands that you just can't get anywhere else. How did you um, How did you like working with Neil Young? You know, he he didn't work that much with us. We, it was a hundred voice choir, but he stood right next to me. He did he didn't say two words to me, but. I'm standing there going, I'm singing on a Neil Young record. He's a foot away from me. <laughs> that's that's um, what you got from it. I and know. that was plenty. That was plenty. Yeah. I mean, I got to work once on the Grammys in 2001 with U2. And that was great. And they didn't say two words to me, but they were standing two feet from me saying, well, I want you to sing this bit like this and then do that other bit like that. And so let's take it. What do you think? And I'm just sitting there going, I'm freaking working with Bono and the Edge. <laughs> and, you know, but. You know, they're in the professional situations. Sometimes you get to hang with them. Other times they're just right there. Yeah. Um, you know, Susanna Hobbs of the Bengals uh, is a friend. We worked really closely with her. Um, you know, John Anderson from Yes was in the room and was very friendly, and it was one of the hardest sessions I ever did. Andrea Bocelli wasn't at the session. Luis Miguel came to about half of them. Neil was there, but we didn't really hang. But he was there, and. Uh, you know, it's just kind of a kind of a funny thing I get to do. Yeah, have you uh, gotten to meet Bob Dylan or any of your other you know longtime fan, uh, longtime uh, influences? I, I I'm afraid I missed the end of that. Oh, you know, there's I, like it's like what it is is either you're far from the phone or there's digital artifacting that's kind of garbling. I think here. it's a it's probably a combination of both. Yeah, this phone is. If uh, you can get closer to the phone, that would probably help. Okay, all right. Well, I'm actually going through the microphone, but. Uh, it, the phone is going through the uh, the board, so that right. might be it's, what's going on. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's just. I'm um, just figuring I mean, it out as I go along here. But um, well, what a pleasure to get it's to, a real talk pleasure to, you to get to talk to you, man. Yeah, you too. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing you on Friday night. And then just for people coming in now, you're playing Friday night at the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks, and uh, uh, August 27th. Um, that that is going to be a great show. The venue, and you've been there before. Uh, oh yeah, I love the place. Yeah, people. You know, you know the, the people who run it are great. But the the venue is great. Great sight lines, great sound. I'll have Larry Beers on Cajon uh, playing with me. He spent a lot of years with um, with Sonia Dada and did some time with the Freddie Jones Band before that. And uh, it'll be a good fun one. Yeah, it'll be great, and very much looking forward to it. And Dan, thanks again for coming on the show. Looking forward to seeing you on uh, on Friday night. I appreciate it, buddy. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. All right. Thanks. That was my interview with Dan Navarro. Unbelievable. That dude has been all over the place, done all kinds of things. Very excited and very much looking forward to seeing him in person at the Acorn. You know, not he's been there three times already. It sounds like he's just a real big fan and... Um, He's done so many different things. Just it's it's going to be a great night. He's he's pulling from all these different sources of music, and uh, really looking forward to it. Let's play a song from uh, Dan Navarro with his former partner Lowen Eric Lowen Lowen and Navarro. All quiet. It's a live version. Here we go. Indifference, but all along the shoreline, 
for a chance to believe the darkness will fade and the promise will survive until I hear you say all is quiet tonight the stars are Navarro with All Is Quiet, uh, and such a pleasure to get a chance to talk with Dan Navarro in, in advance of his show at the Acorn Theater this Friday, August 27th. Uh, tickets still available. Get them through acornlive.org, and don't miss that show. I mean, to have a guy like that at the Acorn Theater is just going to be unbelievable. Such a pleasure. You've been listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman, and we're on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan, and broadcasting from the beautiful new Radio Harbor Country studios in Sawyer, Michigan. All the same equipment, but uh, really nice, nice space. I don't know if you can hear that echo. That's the added bonus. Anyway, uh, Dan Navarro, again, so excited that we got a chance to talk with him. And uh, he's playing August 27th at the Acorn Theater. And I'm going to leave us with a song off of uh, his, his album, um, uh, Live at McCain's, Dan, Dan Navarro and Stonehoney. And here's their song, Compass Point. There you go. been a lot of changes in the couple, course of the last couple of years. We're finding directions tough sometimes. 
least that's how it seems.
Phil Hurley.